Every one of us desires. Every one of us has lust. And that's why God speaks to us and God wants us to take care of the problem. Whatever your problem may be, you know what you're facing. We live in this world, but we're not to be partakers with those in this world of what they do. We're to set up our standards according to the Word of God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks for joining us today. Raul will return to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount to explore the dangers of compromise when it comes to sexual purity, whether you're married or single. Online temptations have made it harder than ever to guard your mind, heart, and body from sinful lusts. But as you follow Raul's teaching today, you'll find reassurance that you can look to God for His help. If you have your Bibles, join us in Matthew chapter 5. Here's Raul Reese. Jesus has been teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and he's been talking to his disciples. Now, what makes a disciple is one that believes by faith in Jesus Christ. And, of course, when you read the Sermon on the Mount, you see that there's a multitude that Jesus Christ also had been talking to, and they've been following him. But when you turn to the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount is not to the multitudes. It's to the disciples, those that have received Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. We've been talking about marriage, but at the same time, there seems to be, again, so many problems in the church. Not just this church, but I'm talking a church as a whole around the globe that there's a lot of people that are really struggling in their marriages. And then you have those that are single, that are searching for a wife or a husband. And I think it's really dangerous not to really wait upon God for God to give you the best that He has for each one of us individually. We must wait. But then on the other side, I see a great problem among the single and among the married. And I guess this is an issue and a topic that is not really popular. So I want to share with you this morning this topic. And that is the warnings against sexual sin. Sexual lusting. I have counseled with so many men, not only in this church, but around the country that have been hooked to their computers and they literally got hooked to pornography. And I feel that many men, many women, are being entrapped and are being destroyed by the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. Then not only do we have the magazines and TV and online porno, but how about all the skimpy styles of dress today? They want to show it all. There's no shame anymore. It starts with Hollywood. The less you were, the better you are. The more you can see, the better it is. Listen to what Jesus said in the book of Matthew here in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5, verse 27, 28, 29, and 30. He says this, 
You have heard that it was said that those of old you shall not commit adultery. Remember in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, he said what? Thou shalt not commit adultery. And then Jesus says, that was in the Old Testament. Now let me give you the interpretation to the New Testament, what I say unto you. But I say unto you, that whosoever looks at a woman to lust for her, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Wow. It's not the physical act. Now Jesus says, it's when you look. In a lustful way. And you begin to play with your mind. That is sin already. But then he's also going to say this in verse 29. If your right eye causes you to sin. Pluck it out. And cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you. That one of your members perish. Than for your whole body to be cast into hell or Gehenna. Now do you think Jesus is serious? Concerning the cutting off of the hand, the plucking out of the eye. Well, not literally. But he's serious about taking care of the sin. That's what he's talking about. That if you don't cut off the sin, it will send you to hell. That's how important it is. He says, even if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And cast it from you. For it is more Profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body again to be thrown into Gehenna or the lake of fire. That's how serious Christ is. Now he's not talking about dismembering your body. He's talking about what? Getting rid of your sin. You got to take care of your thoughts. Why? Because number one, lust is a sin before God. Lust is a sin. Secondly, lust is a desire that arises from a sinful nature. Even Jesus himself said, For within, out of the heart of men proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye. Blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile a man. The heart. They're coming from within. And the only way to deal with your heart is to pray and to repent and to confess and to be in the Word of God and to be honest with God and men. To stay accountable in your marriage. Accountable in your celibacy and being single. But if you're not honest with God, and there are people probably here that are living together today. And that's not right before God. How can God bless you when you're not obedient to the word of God? He can't. And then there are those of you that might be married here and you have somebody on the side and your partner doesn't even know it. And it's been maybe a week or two, maybe a month, maybe two months, maybe a year, maybe many years. And how can we sit and worship God knowing what we are doing? Wouldn't you say that's hypocrisy? And they will kill you and they will destroy you and they will damn you to hell. We have to be careful how we worship God. Every one of us desires. Every one of us has lust. Every one of us are covetous. 
And that's why God speaks to us and God wants us to take care of the problem. Whatever your problem may be, you know what you're facing. And then when you look at lust again, lust is a part of the world. But we are what? We are not of this world. You see? We live in this world, but we're not to be partakers with those in this world of what they do. We're to set up our standards according to the word of God. Not according to men. Lust is a major problem with temptation today. Major problem. James said this, let no one say when he's tempted, hey, I am being tempted by God. God cannot tempt anybody. Don't blame God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he or she is drawn away by his own desires and is enticed. And then, when desire has been conceived in the heart, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, it brings forth death. Spiritual death. Imagine that. James knew it. He told us. Remember in the Old Testament, there are three people. I only got three people that I want to talk to you about just a little bit. One of them is Samson the Hercules of the Old Testament. Now we don't know if Samson literally lifted weights and he was really big in size. It doesn't tell us this. But we know one thing, that his power and his strength came from the Lord. But it was the power of God over his life that made him strong. But Samson, all the way from the beginning of his birth, all the way through his life, he had one little problem. He lusted after women all the time. As a matter of fact, in Judges 16.1 it says, And now Samson went to Gaza, and he saw a harlot there, and he went into her. He didn't even think twice about it. He said, Samson won, Samson gets, and goes in. That's the way Samson operated. He just, whatever he wanted, he took. And then Satan really set him up, because Satan had been studying Samson, just like Satan is studying you and me. He's watching your behavior order. So finally, Satan set him up with a woman by the name of Delilah. And Delilah was beautiful. And when the Philistines came to Delilah, they offered a lot of money if they could find out where Samson's strength was. And so Samson came to Delilah and Delilah said, Oh Samson, you really don't love me. Because you don't tell me what your strength is. And he began to actually play with her a little bit. Instead of getting up and running and fleeing, he started playing with sin and playing with the temptation. He liked the excitement of it. And twice he lied to her. And the third time she said, Samson, you really don't love me anymore. Because you will not tell me where your strength is. And finally, after playing and playing and playing the Cadmus thing, what happened? He gave in. He said this, If you would cut my hair, I would become just like any other man. Partial truth? Yeah, partial truth, but not the whole truth. Why? Because his power was from the Lord. The Holy Spirit. And what did she do? She laid him down on her lap. 
And the Bible says that the Lord made him get into a deep sleep. She took a razor and shaved his head and he didn't even feel it. Think of how many Samson's are like that today. They don't even know they're losing their strength. And they shaved his head and then he woke up. When she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he says, I stand up like other times. And it says there, except this time, the Lord departed from Samson. What a sad word. The Lord departed from Samson. And what happened to Samson? Samson, for the first time in his life, was taken captive. They took him. They beat him up. They tied him up. They bound him. And what's the first thing they did? They plucked out his eyes. They made him blind. Isn't that what sin does? It blinds your soul. Sin ties you up where you're not free. All because of lust. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're here to support and spur you on in your walk with Jesus. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us anytime at 800-634-9165. Coming up in just a few moments, we'll tell you about Rawls' brand new book at a special introductory rate. But first, let's rejoin Rawl for more of today's teaching. There's another person in the Bible that had the same problem, and he actually was a great king. His name was David. And David, for 53 years, man, served God, did everything God called him to do. And at the age of 52, 53 years old, David came home, pulled himself out of the army, pulled himself out of the battle, and went home to get some R&R. And he went to his palace in Jerusalem. And when he came home, he was in the upstairs room. He came out of his room to take a walk in the evening. And when he came out to his balcony, right below him was Uriah's house. One of the guys in his army that was fighting for David. And he had a wife by the name of Bathsheba. Beautiful wife. And when David came out to get some fresh air, he looked. And he began to lust after her. And call for her. And laid with her. And then kicked her out. David, the king of Israel. And David lied for a year and a half. Thinking he was going to get away with his sin. He lied. He cheated. He murdered. To the point where God took his first son from him. And finally God sent the prophet Nathan. And Nathan gave him a story. And he said, Nathan, he says, Nathan said, you are that man. And David said, oh, I have sinned against God. And when David confessed his sin, God forgave him. God will forgive you. God will forgive me. But listen, he reaped the consequences to his sin. What was that? One of his sons raped his own sister. And then his other son, Absalom, killed his brother. And you see the consequences for the rest of his life in his home among his family because of David's sin. God forgives. But we reap To the consequences of our sins. And then there's one more. His son Solomon. Solomon is quite a man. He was chosen by God. Directed by God to build God a house. But Solomon had a problem with lusting after strange women. 
He liked not the Jewish women. He liked the wild women of the other lands. Listen to what it says. But King Solomon loved many foreign women. As well as the daughters of Pharaoh women of the Moabites, of the Ammonites, of the Edomites, of the Sidonians, and of the Heatites. Who were these women? These women worship other gods, and usually they worship Ashtarod. They worship the gods of sex. You see? And Solomon got attracted by it. And Solomon went after it. He says, from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor with you. Surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. And Solomon clung to these in love. He was lusting after them. He did not listen to God. And Solomon had, listen, 700 wives and 300 concubines. Imagine that. You talk about a man experiencing all. Solomon. And he said in the book of Ecclesiastes, everything is emptiness of life. Solomon said that. He wrote Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon and he wrote the Proverbs. Incredible. A man that knew the heights of lust and love. And then it says, for it was so when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. And Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, the goddess of sex, and after Milcom, and the abomination of the Amorites, another sexual god. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and did not fully follow the Lord, as did his father David. And then Solomon built a high place in Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, and the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. You know what the ultimate thing was for Solomon? He built a god to Molech there in Jerusalem. I'll show it to you. A little image that stands out like this in the valley of Gehenna. Where his wives would come down when they would have children, and they would come down... And they would actually burn the statue as hot as it could get until it was red hot. And they would lay their babies in the arms of Molech, the god of abortion. Solomon, the one that should have known the word of God, has said, I personally believe that Satan is always targeting your mind and my mind. I really believe that. That's his target. When Satan wanted to lead the first men and women into sin, what's the first thing he did? He attacked the woman's mind by challenging the word of God. Did God say, Indeed, has God said, You surely shall not die. You will be like a God. You see? Satan targets people's minds. Secondly, Satan's weapon is lies. He lies all the time. In John 8, it says, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks, he's always lying. And he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan. Thirdly, Satan's purpose is to make you ignorant of God's will, by deceiving you. 
by moving you away from the Word of God. Satan attacks the Word of God because God reveals His perfect will in your life. So he keeps you from reading the Word of God. He keeps you from praying to God. You see? Then he keeps you from the will of God. Then Satan also comes and what he does is he tries to make you feel good when really you're being condemned. But what should be my defense? If Satan's really attacking my mind, what is my defense as a child of God? Well, first of all, the Word of God is my defense. You cannot fight Satan without a true defense, which is the Word of God. Secondly, how do I get that victory? When God gives me the victory, how do I get the victory? Number one, you have to reckon the old man to be dead. You have to realize that, hey, my nature is sinful. I do not want to sin against God. So I am going to do what? By faith, reckon the old men to be dead. Paul said, Do not present yourselves as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And then Paul said what? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds. And as the children of God, we need to daily, daily, we must know God's word daily. We must study it. We must read it. We need it daily. Secondly, we must memorize God's word in our minds and hearts to know it. And thirdly, we must meditate on God's word. Day and night, Joshua said, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. You see, the way to be successful is to be in the Word of God. And then learn how to use the Word of God against the enemy. We hope and pray that today's message has prompted you to take an inward look at your heart and life. As you reflect on the freedom only true repentance can bring, we encourage you to turn to the Lord today with your whole heart. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Because of the limits of broadcast time, we weren't able to include everything that Raul taught in the message, but you can get a full copy for a donation of $5 or more. Call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching simply titled, Lust. We'd also like to tell you more about Raul's new book titled, Sermon of Sermons. Providing an in-depth look at Jesus' instructions for righteous living, this resource will guide you in ordering your days to walk in close communion with the Lord. It illuminates what it looks like to walk in real relationship with Jesus. We're offering this book at the discounted pre-order rate of just $12 plus shipping and handling. To make your purchase, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' new book titled Sermon of Sermons. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765.
We also invite you to enjoy our many free Somebody Loves You resources. Join Roll on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time for Straight Talk, a Q&A program with Bible-based guidance for godly living. You can also explore our archive of Rawls' teaching and download a podcast of any of these programs using Spotify or iTunes. For convenient access to even more Bible-based insight, take a moment to download our free app to your iPhone or Android. Thanks for partnering with us and sharing God's hope and truth through these broadcasts. Every contribution you make is tax-deductible. Next time, as we continue this series, we'll be challenged to consider the increasingly wide gap that lies between God's plan for marriage and the world's lax approach to fidelity. Here's Roll now once again with a closing comment from today's teaching. In Hebrews 4.12, he says, The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God will convict you. The Word of God will put you in the right place. But if you don't feast upon the Word of God and you don't pray, and there's no fellowship, then you're going to be destroyed. You have nothing to stand on. You need all three of them. The Word of God, prayer, and fellowship. And so I would pray this morning that if you're having that problem and you're struggling in your life, you need to bring it to the throne of Christ. You need to bring it to the cross. Admit it. Confess it. God will forgive you. He'll cleanse you. He'll wash you. He'll use your life. But if you don't do it and you leave here this morning with the same sin, put it this way, you will be like Samson sooner or later. You will be bound. You will be blind. And eventually you'll perish. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.